program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and we're glad to have you on board with us here tonight as we discuss thoroughbred racing. I just watched the Six of Turfway Park and just watch Granny Ramsey and Tommy Pompel come off the pace. They went a quarter in one thirteen and one. Now that's pretty slow going two turns. Believe it and or not, it's pretty slow. A little tidbit. Just want you to remember this. When you're playing the poly track after it comes off of a heat laden summer, the poly track actually breaks down a little bit. It's not broken, it's not bad, and it's not an unsafe surface. But the polymers in it, the wax separates a bit becomes a little gummy, and they come off the pace. So play stalkers and closers. Tonight's the opening night at Turfway Park. Just got me thinking, got me churning and burning, and I'm all ready to roll. Speaking about on the roll is winning ponies. They're on fire. Saratoga, September 4th, 21,562 and a pick six. Ooh. And that was with four top winners. From the tiered predictions, over $7.7 million year-to-date paid out in exotic wagers. Hope you were tied on. If not, it is never too late. Check out www.winningponies.com. We're on Twitter and on Facebook. Predictions, stories, blogs, free selections, results, weather updates, and much, much more. Your one-stop shop for wagering data. Check it out, Winning Ponies. More than just a radio program, an Internet radio program at that. One-stop shop. Been with them since 2008. Enjoying it ever since. What's happening tonight? Recap. We're going to recap last week. Big weekend. Biggins. Going to talk some scores here for you. Then I got a good interest story. It's not a happy story, but he was a happy person. I'll give you a little little tidbit of that. Special guest of the week, Turfway Park Assistant Racing Secretary Tyler Picklesheimer at Turfway. He is the czar of racing at Colonial Downs. He is an official at Keeneland Church. You know, a good man in racing, young man in racing. Trust you me, this guy will make a dent in the future of racing and all for the good. Tyler, good friend of mine. Tyler Picklesheimer going to join us here from Turfway Park as they kick off their 52nd running. It's hard to believe. Wow. Nope, I didn't see them all, but I've seen a good portion. Then we're going to have news from around the world of racing and the final furlong handicapping. So, whole lot on the clock here. And let's kick it off with last week's action. We're going to do a little recap here. Saratoga, September 4th, race number 9. The forego grade 1 action. Winner is the 4. Here comes Ben. Alex Elise in the irons. Three parts of a length. Outside urged and turned the heat up on him to pay 21.80 for Charlie Lopresti. 
Race 10 at Saratoga, the Woodward, grade one. Mile and an eighth on the dirt, 750,000 up for grabs. Winner, winner, chicken dinner is a three-quality road. John Velasquez between the ears wins by four and three parts, stalking just outside and drawing away. Oh, my goodness, quality road is going to be a monster in the Breeders' Cup. Go ahead, start talking your jazz now. Quality road is going to be tough. Blame's going to be tough. Zenyatta's going to be tough. And who knows what the, the Brits, England, is going to be sending us our way. Going to be a really big, big. And then Quality Road pays 260 Not much money. Todd Pletcher train, 260 on the win end. You've got to love that, you chalk-eating weasels. Race 9, September 5th, the Saranac Grade 3 at Saratoga, mile 316th on the turf. 100,000 up for grass. Winner is the three. Lethal combination. Alan Garcia is the rider by a half length. Three wide in the second turn. Five wide into the lane. Paying 860 for Kier McLaughlin. September 5th, race 10. The spinaway at grade one. Seven on the dirt. Winners the seven are Heat Lightning. Garrett Gogo Gomez in the Irons wins by a crisp four links. Four wide sweep up in the final 16th. 1040 to win for the backers for Todd Pletcher. That's a square price there. Saratoga, September 6th. Now, this was Labor Day weekend, so you're hearing 4th, 5th, and 6th from Saratoga. September 6th, race 9, the Three Chimneys Hopeful, grade 1. 7 on the dirt, $250,000, a compact field of 4, but boys at Toscanova. Ramon Dominguez wins by a length in three parts, bumped at the break, three wide, light urging, 310 to win for Dick Dutro. Incredible animal there. Very nice little two-year-old. Keep your eye on boys at Toscanova. And then, also on September 6th, race 10, the Glen Falls, a grade 3 on the inner turf. Winner of the three, Kirtana. Jose Lescano paying twelve eighty for Tom Proctor. Also, the Palomar at Del Mar on the 6th of September, race number 4, a grade 2 event. The winner is the 4, gotta have her. Mike Smith in the irons up by a neck. Bid 3 wide and gets out to pay 4 beans for Janine Shahadi. Also at Delmar, the Delmar Derby, a grade two, a mile and eighth on the turf. Winner, winner is the six, twirling Kenny, Joel Rosario. Congratulations for winning the meet, Joel. Three and a quarter lengths. He bested Rafael Bejarano in the standings by just a few, but Bejarano was uh, not feeling up to snuff. He was, uh, he was injured a little bit, but hey, no excuses. This guy is tougher than a nickel steak. And he'll be there when the money's on the table. Twirling Candy Pain, 240 to win for John Sadler. So that was all the big Saratoga racing. I know it sounds like a lot because it was a lot. And then we can run back real quickly to the rest of it. Mammoth on September 4th, race 11, the Sapling. A grade three, the winner is Madman Diaries. Jeffrey Sanchez wins by half a lane, digging in game, 1360 to win for Wes Ward. He's been quiet as of late. Arlington Park, race eight, September 4th. The Washington Park Handicap, grade three, a mile and 16th on the all-weather. Winner is the two, Gran Estrino. Michael Bays of the board of this Argentine bred by a half a length. Bumped at the break. Prevailed on the rail. 1060 to win for Michael Stidham. September 4th at Woodbine. The Seaway Stakes at grade three. Look at all these stakes you had for Labor Day weekend. Winner is the one, who why? Emil Ram Sammy aboard. A length in three parts, paying fifteen fifty to win. Got to love that nickel breakage. For Donald McRae, 
Then Delmar on September 4th, race number eight, the Darley Debutante, grade one. Winner, Tell a Kelly. Alonzo Quinones, four and a half is the margin of victory. 11 20 to win for Johnny Sadler. And then rounding it out, we are just going to round it out at River Downs. The Budweiser Select Cradle Stakes, race number 10 for two year olds, mile and 16th on the turf. Winner is the three, Tanzana. Leandro Gonzalez wins by a half a length. Closed with a rush down the lane. 11.60 to win for Gary Sims. Very impressive indeed for two-year-olds. River Downs, a haven for many nice real two-year-olds. And as I see, a very nice guy who's on hold right now. We'll get to him shortly. It's Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer joining us from Turfway Park. Is watching Turfway. Going to be talking to Tyler. It's, I'm just torn between two lovers. Going to throw out a little something here for you. And someone I met actually wrote a blog upon, and uh, one of the nicer guys that I've had the opportunity to meet, uh, his name is Bob Summers, known as the happy handicapper, dies at 66 years of young age. He had a passion for racing, and uh, what a guy, what a guy. He was about to complete his Saturday night shift on the sports copy desk of the Buffalo News, and Robert Bob Summers announced that he would treat the staff to pizza next Saturday. What's the occasion, he asked. He said, I'm going to celebrate my first Social Security check. A few hours later, Summers died of, an, uh, of a heart attack after he was stricken at the Seneca Niagara Casino and taken to Niagara Falls Memorial Hospital. He was 66. Summers, who wrote the Happy Handicapper horse racing column and covered thoroughbred and harness, as well as the, the Buffalo Blizzard indoor soccer and other sports news, was the happiest of handicappers. He was a multifaceted personality with an inquisitive mind as being a thorough, thorough editor and an expert reporter of horse racing. Besides racetrack and gambling, he had a reporter's curiosity about a number of things. He was solid, well-rounded, with diverse skills. He just loved covering horse racing, whether it be Buffalo Raceway, Batavia Downs, Fort Erie, or the Triple Crown, said his sports editor, Steve Jones. As the happy handicapper, he relished the chance to be the everyman in the sport of kings. When I met Bob Summers at work at River Downs, he was he was coming in the door and in comes this big lumbering man. You could tell he uh, looked like an old football player that kind of hung up his cleats. Bob just had that that kind of booming voice, that big booming voice. Not overwhelming. It's just the way he spoke. A gentle giant. Got to meet him three years ago, and he always came down on his way to Louisville, Kentucky. I'll let you guess what race he was heading down to see. But he'd always stop at Little River Downs to meet his good friend John Engelhart, our good friend. He'd stop down and meet him, and I got to know Bob over these last few years. And this last year, I actually uh, summoned up the nerve to ask him if he'd be our uh, special guest. Right at Belmont time, if you go back and take a listen to the podcast, you can hear Bob Summers spending his time with me. And actually, I, I called him afterwards, and as I always do with all the guests, and, and thank them. And Bob asked me, well, who's the no sweat, my friend? Who's the big winner? We both agreed it was looking at Lucky, and... He said, I'll, I'll catch you on the, my next trip to the river. Well, no more trips to the river for Bob, and, and the time that I got to spend with him was, was very unique and very nice. I, I feel sadly for the people that uh, actually had Bob for as long time they did in their life, but the few times that I met him, when you're a horse player and you meet someone in the cross of life and you can tell that others that really care and they make a difference, an incredible, incredible journalist, 
loved racing. I mean, he had a photographic memory that was just impeccable. I mean, when he started calling out things that happened. And then he told me when he graduated college, which was actually the same year that I was born. So there was a few years between us. But I still enjoyed Mr. Bob Summers. If you go back on podcast, right at the week of Belmont, a race that he said he saw about a million times, which was a little overestimation, but this year he was watching it at home, and it was his final. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to know Bob and, and hearing his stories. His, his uh, car that took him, they would start in New York, head to Pennsylvania to a place called Commodore Park, and they called it the Commode. And then he'd make his way down to Thistle Downs. He'd bet the early double, hustle down to River, catch the late double, have a few adult beverages, and make their way down to Louisville the very next day. Bob was a man among men, and the Betmobile lives on forever. See you down the road, Bob. Time to head out to our first break, and when we return, we'll be chatting with my very good friend and compadre, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer of Turfway Park as they kick off their fall meet, but you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here on Winning Pony. And it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar, double round the crown, and everybody's getting down in this. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking your time to join us, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the Sport of Kings. This is our second segment, and each and every week we have on a special guest. This week, no different. This week's special guest is a man of racing, director of racing at Colonial. I'm going to call it the czar of racing at Colonial. Racing official Keeneland and Churchill, assistant racing secretary at Turfway Park. I've known him for a good number of years. A man I call my friend, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer. Are you there, T? Yeah, Ed, how you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for taking your time, brother. Sure, anytime. I know tonight is opening night, and it has to be uh, has to be rocking out there at the Big TP. Yeah, Thursday night we've uh, got a decent crowd. I think we're we're betting pretty well tonight. Had some big fields, and um, you know it's nice to nice to start off with a bang. I'll tell you what, when you see big fields, that that is. A lot of people really don't pay attention to this, and it's only because uh, I've been schooled by a lot smarter people. When you see bigger fields, it's due in part to the racing office hustling horses and and, uh, presenting their uh, presenting. Everybody does their job well, but when the racing office does their job well, we have fuller fields, and there's there's that extra. If it was a nine horse field and it goes to eleven, thank the racing office because they put it together. It, It always helps handle, doesn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you you know, you look at your 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 gimmicks, your supers, and your tries, and you know, the, the more horses available to bet on, the you know, the more options the public has, and and uh, you know, it, I think the public likes their options. I, I agree with you, and uh, and your handle is going to reflect uh, reflect glowingly. Uh, Tyler, the fifty second race me. Can you believe that? I mean, you've seen all fifty two of them because uh, you're an old lad, and uh, actually, Bill Perry, I think he's seen all fifty two of them. You know what? Mr. Perry has seen them all and can probably quote you the first winner and the winner of the last race as well. <laughs> and uh, you, you, you have an offering of a very competitive, it's a 16-day live meet, correct? Correct. And uh, we've got three overnights uh, put to bed already, and we're, we're, we're doing okay. Entries have been pretty good, and I think the four days a week is going to help us uh, you know, maintain that field size and uh, you know, the purse structure that we, we had uh, last year. So. So that, far, that was the big question I was going to ask you. It seems like Monmouth has uh, has set a, set a precedent, and Ellis Park, even the, even the initial numbers there weren't uh, weren't weren't poor at all. And no, uh, no. It, it seems like this Thursday through Sunday with a 5:30 post, it might just play into your hand. Yeah, we might be okay. I, you know, I was telling someone the other day, you're you're if you're running five days a week, you're almost a dinosaur. Yes. You know, there, there's not that many uh, five day week racetracks running. You know, 50 days a week that are 50 races a week that are that are they're doing well. You know, and um, yeah, once time upon time. a time there used to be. You, you remember we used to have double header cards at uh, at many racetracks around the country, and then simulcast explosion came about, and then more meant more, and then it just became just a buffet of just madness. Now less is meaning more, and I think people are really appreciating the beauty and pageantry of the game. I, mean, I think I think I read somewhere else their attendance was up. I think. Um, their on-track handle was up. Uh, I think overall they might have been down a little bit, but um, you know I think they were they were pretty pleased with their numbers this summer. I know the Geary boys are always happy to. I played in a few contests with them. Hey, those boys take it serious now. They enjoy oh, yeah. their they enjoy their horse racing. <laughs> I think you know you know they were I think they were 
averaged uh, nine and a half horses a race, something like that. So that's that's pretty Incredible. strong. I'd, I'd say it's probably in the tops in the country. That's pretty good for a little EP. Mm. The uh, the old pea patches they used to cut. What what are they growing in the infield nowadays? Ah, uh, soybeans. They're still out there. All right, yeah. all right. The pea patch. I was down there last week, filled in for uh, for someone that had to had to leave early. I was going to say you must have uh, drawn the short stick if you had to go all the way down for Ellis for a day. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dan uh, Dan Bork, the racing secretary, you know, called me I don't know about two weeks ago. Said he needed some help to finish out the meet. So, you know. Dan's another, as I mentioned earlier, in my opinion and many others, uh, Dan's another bright young lad in the sport that uh, is going to make a mark. And uh, my dollar wagers on you and a, and a few others, and, and got my fingers crossed. In addition to the abbreviated meat, Tyler, there's a bevy of on-track fan-friendly promotions, Dollar Fridays, Buck Beers, Buck Dogs, live music. Uh, even in the toughest of times, the track has always been in the best interest of the fan at heart. Now, if you're at a simulcast uh, facility, you're not going to be able to enjoy these uh, these accoutrements, but if you're on track, I mean, even during these times, Turfway's actually stretching their hand out across the water to treat the people right. Oh, definitely, and you have to, you have to do that. I mean, um, you know, Colonial Downs, um, Turfway, you know, Ellis Park, you've got to have some sort of event on the weekends to help bring people out. Um, you know, the end of this meet, I, don't, I think we're going to have a fan appreciation day. Um, mm-hmm. I think the horsemen and the racetrack have, have partnered up on this, and I, I think that's going to happen, so... Um, I was looking at your site at Colonial, and, and I mean this in a 1,000% good way. It looked like a carnival. It looked like there was always something happening. Yeah, they, they, put, they put a lot of work and a lot of time into, the, into those week, weekly uh, promotions. They, uh, I think they're, they've got a harness meet that's about ready to open up, and uh, I think they're going to kick it off with the county fair is actually going to be held on the racetrack rounds. I heard the racing secretary did a, did a hell of a job, too. I, I, I wouldn't believe a word of it. <laughs> oh, and he first the uh, uh, right off of himself to his staff, and so that, that's the, that's the consummate professional. But I've yet to make it down, so uh, I know the invite is there, and I, I'm going to have to come down and see you in Virginia. Tyler, I was looking at uh, Turfway's website, and uh, I like to look at all the other tracks, keep up uh, what what's happening. Enjoyed reading over the uh, selected state regulation about medications, workouts, and what, what kind of caught my eye was the riding crops to be used. I mean, this is really really informative and useful for handicappers and fans alike. If anybody has any of those questions, and the Kentucky uh, Racing Commission, uh, uh, the numbers and subsections here, and on the riding crops. In Kentucky, they're using, they're not using the old time snap whips. They're, they've went to a safety whip, haven't they? Yeah, we've. Uh, I guess we've been using those. I want to say about two years now. I guess. Um, I think we, we tried them a couple years ago at Churchill uh, in the summer, and um, I think there were two or three races a day that, that were designated that they were going to you know, use a safety whip, and then. Um, you know, then you know, just just to test it out and went from there. So uh, you know, now everybody's used to it, and I don't, you know, I really, really don't hear any any interpret about it. You know, for the, for the good riders that mainly uh, can uh, can get their horses to move, and and for upcoming riders and and the riders in between. I mean, you know, they communicate with the horse, they ride with their hands, and uh, you'll you'll see them down and they're throwing across. And they, the encourager is is to be used just to keep your horse on task. I was reading, you know, maximum weight of 8 ounces. That's very light. Length of 30 inches, a minimum diameter of half an inch. So these are small, and, and, and it's not have any stingers or projections as the old-timers. Now I'm going to go uh, the end, back. The end of the, the uh, it's 
basically just a, a foam, um, little foam head covered with uh, um, leather. You know. So it just kind of uh, just keep the horse on task and more more or less along the lines of uh, just uh, you know come on let's go uh-huh. and you just exactly. get them going and uh, so for anybody out there that's ever thought that uh, uh, you know something something was awry I think the game is changing and I think Kentucky's been at the forefront I know that that was happening at Keeneland and you, you mentioned Churchill and now Turfway and you know Turfway as far as safety with a poly track at Turfwin Keeneland, the innovators of, and no matter what, I, I hear pro ride this, that I still call it poly track, no oh, yeah. matter where it's at. It, it's just, it's one of my shortcomings. I, you know, I forget if it's Tapita, if it's a uh, pro ride, whatever, you have to have one of the safest ovals in America. And uh, what are your personal feelings about the, the uh, poly track? No, I'm, I'm a big fan. It's, uh, it's done a lot for Turfway Park in the winter. Remember we used to, lose a lot of Saturday and Sunday afternoons when the sun would come out and the mm-hmm. racetrack would start to thaw and, um, you know, we'd lose the racetrack and, you know, be forced to, to cancel um, because of track conditions, and we just really don't have that anymore. Um, you know, the racetrack warms up and it thaws and water goes right through it. So, no, it's it's definitely uh, been a blessing for Turfway Park. You know, they, you hear a lot of trainers saying that, you know, this, this racetrack will make a, a sore horse sound, you know, with We've seen that happen where guys have shipped in from other racetracks and, um, you know, maybe you know, horse had a you know, long, hard summer campaign, came here, uh, trained uh, in the summer, you know, between meets, got sound again and, and um, you know, went on and had, had a good September meet. Talking to a trainer friend of both of ours and uh, the other day, and he was talking about he's going to be training over Turfway Park, and uh, I said, uh, why the move? How come you're not going to stay here, go there? He said, actually, to exactly what you just said, he said it's a little easier. He said it's been a tough summer, and uh, running on good old Mother Nature dirt, no matter how safe the oval is, it takes a pounding. But he said, now, you know, I'm, I'm going to get them tighter. I'm going to get them more fit. And he says, hopefully, you know, we can have a solid campaign throughout the winter. So, in fact, you know, the, the, the poly track has given them more cushion and more, uh, more absorbing as far as on their, on their joints, which when you see a 12 and 1,300-pound animal running on uh, in, in their, their lower ankles, they're the size, they're, they're smaller than your wrist. So, so it's really important that you know you have that safety factor there. So Turfway put out the big uh, the big cash. Keeneland the same, and uh, actually Keeneland owns half of Turfway Park. Harris the other owner, and you know it's it's been uh, it's been a, it's a little tough to handicap. I'm going to say it's not as easy as because the speed bias used to be prevalent at Turfway, and even more over at Keeneland. But uh, you, you've got your biggest race of the meet, and, and that is tomorrow. That's the Turfway Park Fall Championship. It's a grade three event. And the best part, it's a win, and you're in for the Breeders' Cup, and it's 100000 on your opening Saturday. Yeah, it came, came, uh, turned out to be a pretty nice little race. We've got, uh, you know, 10-horse field, one a mile and a half. Um, you know, there aren't a whole lot of mile-and-a-half races out there, and um, I think the next one in this area is going to be Keelan. And I, I'm not sure if we've got one in the fall at uh, Churchill or not. I think we do um, after we get past the Breeders' Cup. But um, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's nice to see uh, see the mile and a half races go. And, you know, they're they're kind of exciting. Uh, I heard I heard an old man once tell me at the track, "You get your money's worth, son," and you can see him go around twice. And I said, "Well, you know, we're we're co-mingled with Kentucky Downs this weekend, and they've got three stakes down there, and they've got another mile and a half on the turf, a Grade Three for one hundred fifty thousand. So, um, should be a nice uh, nice little card here." 
Oh, I think it's going to be an exciting weekend for you. Just for uh, a two-cent sake, I like the deuce. Eldifer, uh, John Corford, Diane Alvarado. If you go back, this is a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Marathon. And this five-year-old gelding by AP Indy ran in the Breeders' Cup Marathon last year. Didn't do all that well. But I think second time off the turf and John Courtney Irons, you know, it kind of led me into that direction. I know you just you get the races ready and the handicapping you leave to the folks on the front side. But uh, for a for a, a diet coke on the side, I like Aldefer uh, to uh, to actually uh, represent Turfway Park in the Breeders' Cup. Tyler, I was reading along the lines, Bob Ellison released a statement in July about instant racing. And, you know, it actually, it was really good. And uh, he, was, he was very complimentary on the state of Kentucky, the governor, the, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. And, you know, he said that it's no secret that Turfway Park is under stress because they're unable to compete directly with their next-door neighbors who use gaming to fortify the racing and breeders program, which I felt that this was, this was so proactive. He jumped out there. And he took the bull by the horns, and, and this is on your website, and he, and he put it out there. In your opinion, instant racing, I know it's not a fix-all, but is it a Band-Aid until possibly gaming can arrive? Oh, it's, it's definitely a Band-Aid or, you know, it, baby steps. You know, it's one more step in the right direction that, that's going to allow, uh, you know, the Turfway Parks, Dallas Parks to, to compete with, uh, you know, with the bigger tracks, no doubt. You know, I, I've seen what it has done at Oakland Park, and, you know, you've seen a $75,000, I believe it's the instant racing stakes. So, I mean, that, that, that's, a pretty, uh, that's a pretty stout race. Agreed? Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, so I, I keep looking at this, and, and I keep hoping that, uh, that you know, the state of Kentucky is going to, uh, going to jump in line here, and who knows, maybe, uh, maybe some new things are going to change. I know that you guys are optimistic. I'd love to see it, and, you know, as far as things things dropping off, uh, you know, it broke my heart this year, and, and I definitely know that it broke broke yours as well. Uh, Turfway Park had to suspend basically the uh, the Kentucky Cup Day of Champions. Uh, did the did the total purse account did that go revert back for the uh, for the everyday on track horsemen and shipping horsemen? Yeah, basically that's that money just just you know was was taken out of the the stakes pool and was put back into the overnight races. Um, you know, it, it's a grand day, but it seems like so many ship-in trainers, and, and we're, I'm just going to, for lack of a better term, the biggie bigs, you know, they ship in, and, and they're a whole lot of fun to watch. But, I mean, there's so many men and women that toil on the backside each and every day. I'm so glad that, you know, they're, they're going to be running for some, uh, some fair-size uh, dinkum on the backside of uh, Turf White Park. Oh, yeah, I, you know, the, the signature days are, you know, they're, they're important, and, but, you know, so is the, over, the, uh, the everyday product, and... and you know, Turfway just made a made a conscious decision to you know to to maintain purses um, and you know put the uh, Kentucky Cup Day on hiatus, which you know I, I think was the right right decision. Well, it can't be wrong as long as the people are winning. A couple questions more, and I'll let you get back to work. I know you're a busy lad. And speaking of that, you've been at Colonial Turfway, Keeneland, and Churchill just in the course of a year, seeing racing from many perspectives in many states, uh, hitting the trouble spots. Are you seeing with everyone, you know, uh, you know, purse cuts, uh, dates, lacks of lack of entries, things being cut? Is, this just isn't Kentucky. This, this is all across the board, correct? Oh yeah, no, it, it's nationwide. I mean, if you're, we're, we're getting to the point now. If you run five days a week, you're you're a dinosaur. 
you know, I you you stated that earlier, and yeah. and I and I do agree with you completely. I I, I keep saying it less is more, and uh, actually I was going to try to come over and maybe catch the last one at Turfway Park tonight because I am pretty close to it, and and I and I still love Kentucky racing. Last question, Tyler, and I'll turn you loose back to your uh, back to your duties. If you were czar of racing and you could mandate anything and that you would support, uh, would it be say if casinos were in place, would there be some casino revenue sharing, such as at Mammoth, they receive uh, Mammoth Park to to boost those purses, they receive a portion of those casinos. Would dates be cut out? Would you cut down to three or four dates, or or would you run less races? If you were the czar of racing and you could wave your magic wand, what would it be? You know, yeah, I mean, it just sort of—it's all sort of predicated on your on your horse population and and you know how much money the the casino could could you know turn over to the racetrack and uh, the horsemen. Um, you know, I, it, it's hard to say. There, there's really right now there's really no right answer. I think we're we're on the right track though. I mean, I, I hate to say cutting back's the way to go, but you know, right now that's uh, that's the reality of of what we're what we're dealing with. Um, you know, I think we've got to, you know, the biggest thing we can do is just keep going out to the public. Kentucky, or um, Colonial Downs does a nice job with the little, they've, they've basically opened up many OTBs. They've created a kiosk, and they're in, um, you know, the animal clubs, the lions clubs, the elks clubs, the lodges, and it's basically they can, um, you know, open up an account, uh, deposit money, uh, wager on a race, watch the race, uh, print a program, and you know they're taking the races to the public, and um, you know that, that's something else I think we need to do more of. Can't agree with you more. What used to be ninety uh, ten, where ninety percent was derived from on track, ten percent was off track. Now it's just the opposite. Ten percent comes on track, ninety percent comes from off track facilities. If people can't come to the races or they find it troublesome, and that you know, with with as much as we have to do now than what we didn't have as 50 or 60 years ago. We might as well take the racing to them and make it easy. Tyler, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for your time, especially taking time out of your busy, se- your busy season and your busy evening. Uh, I know that uh, you have a lot going on, and I know that you're going to be having a great meet, and I'll be seeing you down the road, and especially in the winter circle. And then we're going to see you at Keeneland, Churchill, and everywhere in between. So uh, best of you, my boy, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All right, come on out tomorrow, and we'll, we'll put you in the mascot race. I like that. Hey, do you think they'll fit me? <laughs> well, I'll handle you All in right. the starting gate. We'll be good. <laughs> That's been Tyler Picklesheimer, a man of racing, wears many hats. Trust you me, he's going to make a dent in the game, and it's going to be a good one. Well, but it's time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be docking some final furlong handicapping and news from around the world of racing here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back in the day approach from Chuck. A no spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us this evening. Just finished up with Tyler Picklesheimer from Turfway Park, good friend of mine, and a very good man in racing. Very pleased to see him each and every time just go higher and higher. He represents the game well and represents Turfway very well. Hope you caught that. Uh, Tyler is just, uh, he's just a regular guy that does an extraordinary job. Going to get you caught up on some biggins here. Left them out because... Not because I missed them, but because there's so many of them. Friday, September 3rd, 162 total biggins. Leading the pack was Golden Gate Race 5, a super high five, 9,846.40. That was pretty smoking there, and uh, wow, I'll tell you what. Saturday, September 4th, 179 total biggins. Saratoga races 6 to 11. This was the pick six I was talking about. 21,562 even. They smacked the pick six down. Hoosier Park was right behind race eight, a Superfecta, a measly 13,945.20. Incredible duo there of two separate tracks. On Sunday, September 5th, 128 total biggins. Louisiana Downs, the big easy in race number eight, a Superfecta, 3,558.60. 
not any chump change. If you don't want to cash out, then give me a call. Monday, Labor Day, September 6th, 147 total biggins. Remington Park Race 1, the trifecta key, 6,994.20. Right behind it was, I think, believe Pete Io would correct me, a Cinnabon Downs. Race 2, the Superfecta, 5,507 even. Tuesday, September 7th, 45 total biggins. Yavapai, race 8, 4,208.40. Wednesday, September 8th, 54 total biggins. A Cinnabon Downs. Race 1, uh, Superfecta Key, 6,396.20, Thursday, September 9th. That is today. There's 29 total biggins because racing is still rolling right at you. Hoosiers leading the pack thus far. Race 2, Superfecta Box, $1,965.20. So that kind of gets you caught up on the biggins. Hope you were aboard, and if not, it is never too late to join us here on Winning Ponies. A couple things I want to throw out to you in the news. I was reading Dick Girardi's article from the Daily Racing Forum. If you've noticed on the, on the TVs, you're noticing a track called Parks. Parks Racetrack, P-A-R-X. Hmm. It's not new. That was Philadelphia Park. They changed their name. They didn't do a lot of, uh, a lot of advertising with this. They just kind of surprised us up with it. So why Parks? Well, that is the building in the parking lot that was christened Parks Casino, P-A-R-X Casino. Dick Girardi writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I'm telling you what, they are going to have some spectacular racing there. Trust you me, we're going to be betting Philadelphia Park more than we will on some Kentucky signals. There were maiden races with $68,000 purses, allowances with seventy-two, and a 15000 claimer with a $39,000 purse. They're going to be vying Keeneland and the California circuits and Saratoga, and they're, on, and they're just getting started. So get used to the name Parks, P-A-R-X. It's Philadelphia Park. It's still the same, same. It's still good racing, and it's only going to get better. Now, here's a good segment I like here, and I like to call it just Second Chances. And I love to see Second Chances for good people. Greta Jockey Kunzweiler making the most of her second chance. Says she never won more than two races in a day, not even when she was a finalist for the Eclipse Award as an apprentice a decade ago. But Saturday, she won five races at Ellis Park and continues her comeback after five years away from racing. She took down the $50,000 Cliff Gilliams Memorial on Tour Allure, her first stakes winner since July 2005. But Tuesday, her 35th birthday, she said, the five-win day, I think it's the most exciting I've ever been. The Hawthorne Gold Cup was a lot of fun, but it was just one race. It's important, Boost, to know that she can show horsemen she's put her life back together after hitting rock bottom in 2006 when she was jailed for 10 days on methamphetamine-related charges. Let's put it all behind us, boys and girls. Jackie Greta Kunzweiler, she's still the cute little uh, pixie in the saddle, and she gets the job done. I can still see her aboard caressing. Here's a little State of the Union. What is happening? Saratoga Meat declared a success despite downturns in attendance and handle. New York Racing Association pronounced the 2010 Saratoga Meat a success and surpassed projections and industry trends. That's the spa for you. The expanded 40-day meet concluded September 6th, averaging a handle daily average from all sources, 13,791,000. 
decline from 3.4 from last year's 14,273, but that was only 36 days. The daily average on-track handle of 2.8 marked a 7.8 drop from 3.1. Now, believe it or not, that's not bad comparatively what is happening out there nationwide. But the spa is special unto itself. Here's some really good news. Monmouth Park enjoys record gains. The elite summer meet concluded September 6th with triple-digit gains in average mutual handle and double-digit gains in average attendance and field size. The 49-day meet began as an experiment and reduced racing days. Boys and girls, this is the wave of the future. You just heard Tyler Pricklesheimer talk about it, and they did one heck of a job with putting it on. Ellis Park reports solid numbers. Once again, unlike 2009 when purses were live and happening, according to figures from the Henderson, Kentucky racetrack, on-track wagering rose 7% for 220,000 from 205 for the 28-day meet. They went less is more as well. Park owner and president Ron Geary said in release, noting the meet was conducted during a record hot summer in western Kentucky. It is the hottest place on earth, the hottest place. If you want a little taste of hell, just go on down there for about a weekend. The horsemen tell me it's the hottest place on earth. They did incredibly well. Leading trainer Mike Maker, Owen Rainwater, Herman Vanderbrock. They tied for leading owner honors. And uh, I'll tell you what, jockey Corey Landry, 33 wins, sewed it all up. And uh, 19 wins for Oriana Rossi made her leading apprentice. Ellis Park, the pea patch, did well. Delmar attendance increases, handle declines. You can't have it all, but you know what, Delmar? I think it's all going to turn around here and very soon when California, I think eventually, will go back to dirt. It's going to start with Santa Anita, and um, trust you me, in time, it'll all go back to good old Mother Nature dirt. Keeneland VP Harvey Wilkinson announces retirement. He's going to retire at the end of 2011 in January. said the time was right for much of my career. had the honor to serve the horse industry at Keeneland. been a wonderful professional experience for me and my family, but he's hanging it up. He's got a degree in economics and a law. So he's not going to be looking for any work anytime soon. He's, he's going to be okay. But he's put Keeneland first, continued as Wilkinson agreed. Nick Nicholson asked him to stay on until early 2011 to help with legal and financial issues that face the track. People are leaving Keeneland, the gold standard of racing. Looking at Lucky, finally gets back to work, turned in his first works in September or excuse me, since winning the Izod Invitational September 8th at Del Mar, working an easy half mile in 49-2 at Del Mar. Leading candidate for champion three-year-old and last year's champion juvenile male, looking at Lucky, developed an illness after winning the August 1st Haskell, causing him to miss significant training time. Bob Baffert said he's back on his feet and he's coming back slow, nice and easy. Looking at Lucky, might be looking at the real deal. Well, there you heard it there. Tyler Picklesheimer touched on it. Experiment with fewer dates still continues in Kentucky, and that is news from around the nation. Well, it is time to head to another break, and we return. We're going to do some final furlong handicapping here, so get your pens ready because we got some winners to dole out here on Winning Ponies. I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. Your internet.
passionate flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thanks for tuning in with us. We've had some news. We've had some big ones. We've had a recap. We've had our special guest, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer. There's only one thing left to do, and that is handicap for the weekend. And, boy, do we have some plays. Speaking about being being torn between two levers, as I alluded to earlier, I love horse racing, love NFL ball. Just love football. I think most horse players do because you always see the NFL packages at most tracks going on in special areas and designated restaurants, et cetera. Sitting here flipping between TVG and the first kickoff of the NFL game. 11 minutes flat, and New Orleans is up 7-0. But then I keep flipping back to Fairplex and Turfway Park. So, whole lot of fun here, and we've got a nice weekend up for grass. We're coming off of a super. We're, we're coming off of a super weekend. Uh, Labor Day is always America's Day at the races. And I, I knew for, for me, as, as a youngster, I spent a lot of time with family, when my family still was all assembled and everything was happening, we had uh, had fried chicken and a big uh, big picnic spread, and it was always something to look forward to. And uh, things uh, 
things kind of take you back when you when you remember uh, Labor Day. It always had a different meaning, and we always spent it at the racetrack, and it was it was always a lot of fun. It was it was a different time and a different game. And as Tyler said, uh, you know, sometimes we have to take the racing to the people, and I, I agree with that completely. All right, let's get right back on target here, and we got some races to play. Now we've we've all heard, we've heard the good, we've heard the passing of a friend, and you know what, Mr. Bob Summers, this one's all for you because I think I believe I have you sitting on my shoulder because I was handicapping like a madman, and I was really just absorbing it. Six race at Arlington Park, and this happens on Saturday afternoon. A mile, the Arlington Washington Futurity Grade Three going a one turn mile on the all weather surface. At Arlington Park, very nice, very nice indeed. You got some closers in there. That really kind of, really makes me scratch my head. There's a lot of closers in there, so I go with an early kind of an early pace horse. who's going to be up close. That's the seven Caleb's Posse, five to two. Quincy Hamilton on the board for Donnie Von Hemmel, and Donnie Von Hemmel originally came from, uh, I believe it was Remington, and uh, he used to just tear them apart. Still does. This two-year-old colt by Posse is two for two in the money at Arlington Park and two for two on the all-weather. The dam is 100% with her babies. Two starters and two winners. Never ran a distance, but has a, just a, a beautiful race exiting off a five-and-a-half uh, uh, effort here at Arlington Park on August 14th, by winning by two and three parts, uh, heavily bet, dueled, and then just surged clear Stretching out from five and a half to a mile. The thing that caught me was on September 3rd at Arlington, worked five furlongs in 59 and four, the best of 21. That was a bullet on that day. So I like to stretch out, and I like Caleb's Posse, the seven in the sixth race at Arlington. Race number eight at Arlington Park, and you have a one mile, the Arlington Washington Lassie Stakes, another grade three race number eight on Saturday. Now this one has a little bit more speed. Just the opposite. So now I go to a closer on race eight at Arlington Park. I like the nine, and that's Wonderland by night. This is a deep down body closer, nine to two. E.T. Baird in the irons for Michael Rivas, two for two at Arlington, both of which are wins on the all weather, three for three. Yep, you're hearing me correctly. A score at Arlington, a score at Arlington, and then ships up to Woodbine and wins a $150,000 stake. E.T. Barrett aboard all three times. Outside posts haven't done real well there, but so I think you're going to get better than 9-2. to two. You might see 5, maybe 6-1 to one on this runner, stretching out from 6.5 to a mile. Steerle Philly by Sky Mesa should have no problem with that. In the 8th race at Arlington, I like the 9, Wonderland by Night. And I will just speed it up right here, the Turfway Park run, and this is going to be a good one. In the 12th at Turfway, I like the 2, Elderfer in the 12th race of Turfway, the Turfway Park Fall Championship, the two Elderfer. We're going to go 7, 8, 9, 10 at Belmont because there's a $300,000 pick three. Seventh race, we're going to go the 10, 2, 4, and 1. 10, 2, 4, and 1 in the seventh race at Belmont. And then we come back to the 6, 8, 9 in the eighth race. Six, eight, nine in the eighth race, the two, five in the ninth race, and the seven, ten, eleven in the tenth race. So we're going to go four by three by two by three. It's a seventy-two dollar ticket, and you are going to score for seventy-two beans. Ten, two, four, one, nine, eight, six with a five-two 
with a 10 7 11. That's races 7, 8, 9, 10 at Belmont. Belmont Park, a $300,000 pick three. Then at Kentucky Downs, race number seven. Look no further than number four, never retreat Eddie Perez for Chris Block from Chicago. And that is in the seventh race at Kentucky Downs. Race number 10 at Kentucky Downs. Look for the two, Yankee Ingenuity, the two in the tenth race at Kentucky Downs. Race 12 at Kentucky Downs. I'm going to go with a Deuce Elderfer. Excuse me, that's a Turfway Park. The race number 12 at Turfway Park. I go with the two Elderfer. And rounding out the card in 13th race, Kentucky Downs. I love Cloudy's Night. The one is a repeat runner. Jonathan Shepard is patient and been pointing to this race all year long. In the 13th race, the one, Cloudy's Night. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week is no different. Winning Ponies would like to thank our special guest, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer of Turfway Park, and you for tuning in and being with us this evening. So until next week, may all your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.